0: but that gives them something more to consume you know that's entertaining or that's helpful or that's
1: yeah schedule a call to brainstorm patreon
0: all right ready <laughs>
1: Everybody, welcome to episode five of season two of *Belgariad and Beyond*. This is the show where we explore magical worlds chapter by chapter, beginning with the *Belgariad* series of books by David Eddings. Um, this season is about book two, *Queen of Sorcery*. Hi, Alicia.
0: Hey, Sandra.
1: <laughs> How are you going?
0: I'm doing really good today. Feeling good. Hey. Ready to talk about the chapter
1: oh um, did you like the chapter
0: I did there are some entertaining moments for me so
1: <laughs> I, I really I really liked it I'm I'm really um enjoying the just reading it for the pure pleasure of reading it without feeling like I've got a rush I'm mm-hmm. really really enjoying it so yeah, yeah. It, it was nice so I guess we'll go straight into Polgaro's Cup
0: yeah Polgaro's Cup <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> So there's probably a lot, a lot. What's in your potion? Uh, Well, my potion has been extremely bitter, but there was a coating of sweetness that came with it. Um, It started when I um, started getting dizziness and headaches again. So that was a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Thought it had been resolved, so that was kind of a bummer when it came constantly every day for two weeks. Um, I've since um, kind of worked it out with hydrating and just taking care of myself mm-hmm. sleeping a lot um, and I think sometimes for me it might just be they, they did say I have vertigo but I think it's triggered by stress and mm-hmm. maybe dehydration so yep. trying to de-stress, drink tons of water because it is hot here right now mm-hmm. um, and then my other thing though is I'm I'm not eating very good. Like, I'm eating stuff that has zero nutrients. I'll do good in the morning. I'll still have a green smoothie. I'll have some fruit or something. But then by the time lunchtime comes, I have no idea what to eat. Or I'm like, hmm, I just stand in the kitchen, like, confused and lost. and like, poor little kid that has nothing to eat.
1: (laughs) Do you do things like (laughs) open the fridge and then close it and then open the fridge and hope that there's something else there?
0: I don't, but... (laughs) My husband does that, and it's crazy. I watch him, and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out like how can I get meals in that I don't like to cook. I don't like to grocery shop. I don't. I, it's not easy for me in my mind to put foods together and realize that could be a meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a hard time um, eating well. I'm eating a lot of like vegan pizza and vegan cookies, even. <laughs> you know, I'll snack on. Pieces of fruit one at a time, but it's like it's not, you know, it doesn't fill me up. So, mm. struggling with that. But I think also, like, still getting through summer uh, with my kids here all the time has been kind of just been adding to everything. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm I excited. Yeah, because three weeks from today they start school. So I was like, <laughs> "You're
1: yesterday. in countdown mode already."
0: <laughs> I was like, "I've made it over the hump. Now it's downhill."
1: <laughs> you it's been, can do like, it. You weeks. can do it.
0: Yeah. So I'm excited about that coming up. But yeah, that's basically what. But I guess the sweetness in it all is I've also come to some more epiphanies, I guess, about mm-hmm. my health and where I'm at right now and how I'm limiting myself and all of that stuff. So, okay. Well, that's
1: okay. It sounds very fragile and new to you, but I look forward to the days when you can talk about it some more. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We won't be too long. Yeah. Well, you, I think leaps and bounds. Like, well, you were just saying before it's been like nearly a year since we started recording the show. Like look
0: at our year. Like, Holy shit. Growth or what hmm it's been a lot for both of us and i think the yeah. show is a huge part for both of us oh absolutely
1: yeah. this show has is like it i just had no idea when we started just mm-hmm. for fun because we just thought it would be fun that it would be yeah. such a, a deeply healing experience and supportive experience Mhm. in all kinds of ways.
0: I've recently learned that when you're doing something just because it's fun, just because you want to, that that's where the magic stuff happens.
1: Oh, totally.
0: It's we forget thing because you feel obligated. Yeah. Then yep. you just sit there and feel miserable. Yep. <laughs> you know.
1: And that maybe you know that has been that has been the magic ingredient for us, hasn't it? Cuz we just love it.
0: Yeah. And it is fun. (laughs) I
1: have a bowl
0: with you. I'm just talking about fiction. (laughs) I could do that all day. I do it with my kids a lot too. Yeah. They don't mind. We know the Avengers pretty well. Oh, that's,
1: oh, I found this really cool thing on um, the internet when I was watching the Marvel movies. The Avengers is a Marvel asset, I think because i wanted to know what order to watch all the tv series and movies and stuff in and i found this like um flow chart that told me exactly which
0: episodes to watch and which movies to watch when it was fantastic wow yeah i haven't attempted the tv shows yet because i'm still working my way back into the older movies Mm -hmm. and and trying to like put the pieces together i watched them way out of order oh there's some great shows Story mind, you know. It's I can piece it together, and I love it. I love the way they do it. Oh, it's that's great, great, isn't it? Great. Yeah, they're such good stories.
1: Like this huge network. I mean, because that's the way that my whole brain works with anything. Like I start from a point, and then it's kind of the idea or the theme or whatever it is branches out and like spreads into all of the places that it could connect with. So it just like I yeah. love that sort of stuff. Mhm.
0: Yeah those movies are
1: so good Ooh, okay, so oh okay how about my, you
0: okay so <laughs> my potion
1: this <very> week <laughs> is sweet 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 so sweet and sticky <laughs> because but my girlfriend and i brew mead honey wine and we have some very, very, very large bottles that we do the brewing in. Mm-hmm. And we, use, we got a new, we used a lar- our, our largest bottle for the first time and laid down a brew of sugar plum mead on Friday. And that was fine. 25 litres of mead. And, um, and then on Sunday, so the way that we do the way that you do it is the first day you shake it uh, to mix it up. Once it's all once all the ingredients are in the bottle, you shake it. You know, and because the bottles are so big, you've got to rock it back and forward to sort of slosh it. And then on the second day, so this was Sunday, give it another shake. And so we had this thirty-liter capacity jar. Yeah. sitting on a pallet because we wanted to get it up off the floor a little bit so that it was more convenient to siphon when we had to siphon it out and filter it and that sort of stuff because it's very heavy, we can't lift it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and so we're shaking it and it just fucking shattered. The bottle just went, Poof, exploded. I have video yeah. proof. I will include video proof. In the oh, yeah. show notes, my darlings, so you can see the magnificence of this freaking disaster. So let me just yeah. let me just outline what went all over my lounge room floor and underneath my sofa. Four kilos mm. of sugar plums, 15 litres of water, five liters of fruit juice, half a kilo of sugar, nine kilos of honey. Mm. All over the fucking floor. Wow.
0: Holy shit. Yeah, I watched the video. That was pretty intense. Holy shit. So, anyway. we would have just stood there frozen for like 10 minutes. Like, what?
1: Well, we did <laughs> we kind of. There was happened? the whole, like, I can't believe that just happened. And everyone just standing there looking at the broken glass and fruit and like mushy fruit and liquid like bleeding out across mm-hmm. the floor. Thank goodness we don't have carpet. We have laminate floors, which is, you know, bad enough because if it gets under the laminate, into the stuff, it'll rip all the laminate up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had two of our friends here, thank goodness, and Hanukkah ripped up the stairs and grabbed all of our towels and brought them down. And we just mm-hmm. started mopping up, like, into buckets, this, all of this mess. Today was the first day since then that I haven't mopped. <laughs> <laughs> because everything yeah. was so sticky and I finally finished washing all the towels today as well <laughs>
0: yeah that's a big chore I can't imagine the stickiness of the honey Yeah, I mean walking you had know, to walk around there's still remnants of honey all over the floor you're like oh, oh. oh my god it's so sticky okay. it was just like
1: what are you gonna do we just had to clean it up and so and then we have a really big sofa and so after our friends had gone home we've got everything sort of you know at least not not soaked and like swampy we tipped the sofa up on its back and all of the lining underneath was just soaked so we just had to start again clean the floor soapy rags on the bottom of the sofa oh my god and so you can't even you can hardly smell it now like it doesn't smell like a <laughs> like a like a plum wine brewery at all down there anymore hardly Funny.
0: I mean, I imagine that 's at least not a bad smell to have well it 's well strong probably it 's
1: strong and it 's very specific <laughs> and like we there's all there 's all this stuff in the backyard now that that we just had to get out of the house, like the pallets that the the bottle was sitting on, and um, we had two cat towers from when we had our cats before they died. And we had planned to get rid of them and now we're definitely getting rid of them because the bottom is all soaked with this stuff. And so everything went out the back. And then the next day I went out to um, retrieve a little side table that got soaked to like wash it off and stuff. And then like everything that had been wet was black with wasps and blowflies into the mm. like sticky and i'm like oh my god i felt like i was like getting attacked or something It was some sort of horror movie the the sound yeah. was so loud and i felt like i they were up my nose and in my ears and it was horrible mm. like that
0: scene in uh, uh yeah. my girl oh that's, such, oh that's such a sad movie
1: <laughs> i only ever watched that once because i bawled my freaking eyes out yeah. never watched it again yeah.
0: Dad. I just watched it with the girls first time a couple of weeks ago. How'd they go? They were fine. I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out. I had <laughs> given them a heads up. This is a sad movie, guys. Are you sure you want to watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end, Alexis is like, that wasn't sad, Mom. And I'm like in tears. I'm like, what do you talk? What do you mean? He died. <laughs> How is that not sad? He's only like, what, 10, 11, a couple years older than you. And because he went to go get her ring, he died.
1: Mm. it's such a good movie though yeah
0: it is good it has a good message Um, so
1: that was my um that was my sticky sweet disaster
0: and um
1: i have a surprise announcement Mm. what is this well i can say this because this episode won't be going out to air for several weeks Mm mm-hmm and by that time everybody who needs to know will know but i can let you know today i'm
0: I'm getting married next year i'm engaged oh Oh, my goodness congratulations thank you very much my beautiful
1: girlfriend and i fiance and i are getting married next year Mm -hmm.
0: wow how long have you guys been together seven years oh my gosh that's such a long time already i know that's good that's good because you know you've already done you've done the hardest part you've made it living together seven years
1: <laughs> oh i've just wow. loved every single minute every
0: moment yeah, that's awesome so that's, that's so, so exciting surprise. so you're going to start announcing to family and stuff in a few weeks no no they know well family
1: knows mostly But um, Hanika's two sisters are away on holidays, so we have to wait till they get back. Tell them, and then I can sort of tell everyone.
0: Yeah, how exciting. So there you go. You get to know the secrets. Yeah, (laughs) I'm glad. That makes me happy.
1: (laughs) What have we got? Uh, Chapter summary,
0: Gary view, please. All right. So. In this chapter, chapter four, they leave Reldigan's house, and immediately, like, there's some little banter and stuff between the characters, but it seems immediately to zoom in again to Garen and Leldrin. They have some more of their little interactions that seem to be coming, like, a a theme with them, (laughs) Um, and then they arrive to this forest where they decide to camp out for the night, but they get ambushed, so then there's some fighting. Garion gets knocked out and he see- he thinks he sees a bear or something that looks like a bear and then at the end Darnik admits that he's had his first kill and he doesn't know how he feels about it mm-hmm. yep so it was a easy chapter to read it seemed short but I don't know if it was I guess it was
1: quite short but um it was quite intense I think okay. And there are a few really, um, I think, important things that happen
0: between. Yeah, them. there's a lot of dialogue, and I think that makes the, the read a lot quicker because it's yeah. just like you're listening to this conversation, and you want to know what they're going to say next. And yeah, yeah, and it's good. It's it's good dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a point to it.
1: Yeah. Okay, so did you want to? Um, do you want to take
0: the lead, my love? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. What? I just had to pause and get something out. <laughs> okay. I mean a burp. I had to burp. <laughs> I didn't okay. hear anything. You got to get better at that. I I, I I wanted to pause and then and do it so that it wouldn't come out while I was trying to speak. Um, okay um so we start this chapter they're saying goodbye basically to weld again and um did i say that right yeah and there's some comments about how he's not he doesn't seem like a typical errand Mm. mr wolf said that he's changed a great deal
1: what did you make of that comment from what you know of Aaron Uh, now
0: I guess he seems more relaxed and hospitable than what the Aran people come off to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I think that
1: um, there, was a lot of, there was a lot made of him having books there and being a studious mm-hmm. sort of person, not very rash. So I think that okay. that is um, different to how most errands are seen. As we see in Lelderin, like he is the typical Arant. Mm -hmm. rash and brave Mm -hmm. and ready to jump into a fight and um, yeah right you know uh, almost innocent in his worldly outlook like quite naive I think yeah
0: yeah it's like he's he's going along with what he's been told as he's been raised Mm. to believe yeah I mean you know which we all do exactly
1: right exactly right
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I guess Reldian just seems more relaxed to me than all that, mm-hmm. especially that he's studying books and stuff. That's a quiet endeavour compared to always wanting to go out and start something. But And um,
1: it's interesting the comment that Silk makes the, about the Count being an unusual errand because he mm-hmm. he think he de- actually detected an original thought or two.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they you are know, not very smart. Yeah. <laughs> Is what he's hinting at. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's that whole little exchange with Silk, you know, being funny again, and and they talk about the food, and there's some more jokes going around about Barrack
1: <laughs> Barrackage,
0: <you know. laughs> Oh, dear, almost.
1: But the other yeah. thing that it right at the start of this chapter, before we go any further, I, f- I think it's interesting that Garion is having this awareness of the difference he made by saying what he said to Torreson and yeah. um, the other boy. Oh, what was his name, Torreson? No, he wasn't there. Torreson and um, Leldoran. you know, mm-hmm. uh, just sort of setting them back about the plan that they had to kill the king. And he has yeah. these thoughts yeah. about, you know it's a, my, it, you know, he'd planted some doubts and maybe that would stop. Torrison from, you know, get going into disaster without thinking, you know, it wasn't much, but it was the best he could manage under the circumstances. And I just, I find that almost, well, it's, it's interesting. I found it interesting to think about because, you know, when it was, when we read it, it was like the dry voice took over and spoke through Garion's mouth. And now Garion is owning that as his doing. And I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting because it could be, um, I mean, at this point, you know, from my point of view, it could be it is part of him or it could be some bigger force working through him. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's taking credit basically for all that stuff he said, even though he admits that it felt like it was flowing Mm. from somewhere else in some ways. Yeah. just makes you kind of think about his character, like what is.
1: Yeah, like there's a sort of a, it's almost a. Arrogance. No, well, not an arrogance, but a. An adultness. About that that, Garion hasn't showed, so far, like there's a maturity there.
0: Yeah, yeah, to feel like he's kind of put them in their place to keep them from, you
1: know. Like if yeah, and it's sort of I don't know if it feels kind of
0: yeah. Am I am I am I making sense? Is what I'm saying? I'm trying to think about. Yeah, when you say like an adultness, I I envision how adults walk around taking credit for things that they didn't really come up with, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is actually um, not very mature.
0: <laughs> oh, right, right. So but yeah, it uh, does have a more maturity for somebody his age in those moments
1: you know? i think there's something to be said so i think there's something um sendarian about that too mm-hmm. about the way he was raised like there's a lot of durnik in that in the oh yeah. that oh that's 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 a thought there's a lot of durnik in the way that he behaved then being very steady with the very grounded wisdom that he was giving to the people and
0: yeah and yeah the level-headed is yeah the word I think of yeah, yeah okay cool yeah I agree and it shows up again too like right, right after they're kind of heckering um uh Beric about how much food he'd eaten um because Garion and Leldrin get into their conversation mm-hmm. about because Garion can sense there's something he wants to say that Leldrin wants to say but he's not and so um, he's like, "Just go ahead. We're good enough friends, anyways, you know."
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter if you botch it to say it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I love this wordplay stuff with between Garion and Leludren, because Leludren is kind of like, "Oh my gosh, you! How did you know? How am I? Am I that obvious?" And it's like more like honest, you know. So then they talk about that whole situation that Garion overheard them with Natchak. Mm-hmm the murgo and again he's trying to like beat this into him being the mature one of the two of like h- using his uh, dry voice i don't know they don't really say that it comes up here but no, it, seems- it
1: doesn't but it does oh. sound very much in that t- tone doesn't it now
0: yeah yeah so now it's kind of like okay is gary and maybe mimicking this dry voice and creating one of his own or is it still filtering through him well, I think
1: that perhaps it is just just part of him. You know, maybe the the it's not doesn't feel so separate now.
0: Yeah. Cuz it's been a while. Mm. a Few years, right, since he started noticing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's just integrated and the fact that it came out of his mouth at that time kind of slipped through that last piece of that last barrier that kept it very separate. Mm-hmm. as like just something that was observing what was going on he's been getting closer and closer and closer over the years and now it's kind of integrated a little
0: yeah yeah that makes sense yeah i think for sure that's probably what's going on here but he does get in pretty deep with like you know telling him that aren't you suspicious that this Murgo just befriended you and wanted to oh be the you
1: conversation be with befriend- leldera
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: So. yeah and it is it it is I do like, I do like the conversations of like Lelda and, and he really is just naive I love it really <laughs> no other way to describe it you know he's like really really but it's such a good plan and,
0: Karen and like oh, of course it was <laughs> I mean, he's like no, but Natrak isn't like that. He's not like all the other Mergos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the one Mergo. that is not like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of that back and forth between them. That's pretty good. Yeah.
1: And it does say something more about the way that Asturians feel about membranes. Mm. Oh no, Asturia is the name of the of the joined country. And I was thinking about this before. There's mimbrates and... Alorian? No. Uh, there's mimbrates and... the right? Errands. Hi, it's Sondra. I'm just interrupting this show for a moment because there's a section coming up where I completely cock up... Um, Aloria and Arendia, and um, just mix everything up and get it all wrong. So, I know that I've got the names of the countries wrong, and I know that you'll forgive me too as we continue the conversation. I'm hoping that by the end of the series, I'll actually have my countries straightened out. I might have to do a bit of geographic study of the maps, which I will include in the show notes so that you can have a look at where. Uh, their countries are and what their names actually are all right back to the show oh it's aloria aloria is the overall country see this is another one of those diagrams i have to bloody make aloria is the overall country and it's mimba and arendia that make up aloria i think okay i think eric eric if you're listening feel free to comment in Somewhere, I'm sure we'll have somewhere you can comment. Anyway,
0: Uh, the Facebook group.
1: (laughs) The Facebook group that is won't fucking work, so I've deleted it. If you're trying to look for a Facebook group, don't bother. If you joined, and I didn't respond, it's because no, it wouldn't let any more than two people join. And so, because sorry, I'm just gonna have a little bit of a rant right now. This is me ranting. Fucking Facebook. This is definitely an explicit episode. I'm swearing all over the place. Created this amazing group and nobody was joining. I thought, well, that's weird because I'm pretty sure that there are at least two people who would be joining, you know, out of our vast listenership. At least two people. Nobody. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, there's something wrong. And at least, you know, we were experimenting there before. And it would, someone would, jo- you would only let two people in at one time
0: yeah so it kicks it kicks me out Bulgarian me as bulgarian and beyond when i joined as me alicia seymour (laughs) it kicked bulgarian and beyond out (laughs) that makes no sense (laughs) give us a choice just kick them out
1: so darling listeners we are thinking of solutions so that we can get together and chat and give you lots of amazing stuff and we're thinking maybe patreon is a good place because We can put all the stuff there and you can get all of the regular stuff and then extra special stuff as a subscriber. So that's where we're heading anyway. We'd love to know your thoughts. Please just contact us or put a note in somewhere and tell us what you think about that, whether you um, have heard of Patreon, whether you um, hang out in other communities there and the ones that you really like and what you like about them, that would be really helpful. So we can give it, give you what you what you really like you know if we can do that that would be cool anyway
0: yeah definitely
1: back to the show all
0: right so we were talking about um arendia and the other one member member yeah <laughs> that's me in my accent member member <laughs> m-i-b-r-e right <laughs> i m-b-r-e Okay.
1: Mimbre, Mimbra. maybe Mimba? I, mm. I pronounced it in my head Mimba.
0: Mimbra. I Mimbra.
1: don't know. No, Mimbra, that sounds better. That's more fanti- fantastical, isn't it? Mimbra. I
0: guess. So, yeah, so those are the two that are like at odds with each other, even though they've pretended to get along, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: And Leldoran was saying, like, you won't believe what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Garen's like,
0: yeah, probably
1: not. Yeah. Uh huh. Natchek said this and Natchek said that and Natchek Natchek he's just, he's coming up with all these brilliant ideas and what he would do if it was his country and you know mm-hmm. Garion's just sort of just gently challenging him on all the points yeah. that Lil Doran's putting forward and totally like demolishing them with no effort at all Doran right. sort of sees the folly in all of it by the end
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he does Because he even admits it by asking him, like, what am I supposed to do? What would you tell me to do? But before he even says that, there's some moments with, you know, where he gives a little bit more about what the plan is. Like Natchez said that if he were an historian, he wouldn't let anyone take his land. And he's basically brainwashed these guys into believing that he's on their side so that they'll attack the membrates for no reason whatsoever but they believe that they believe that there's a plan but there's not i don't think there is
1: well the well there's there's not this the plan is natchak is having them attack and kill a king so that they can so that it will Mm -hmm. start a war with tornidra and is giving them money to do it and none of the us none of them Dodder and his friends. None of them checked into any of the facts. They just took it, mm-hmm. took him on his word. Yeah, uh, because, because they were judging him in as as a as one of their own. But of course, yeah. he, he's he's not. He's not. He's a he's a deceptive, deceitful plotter. <laughs> yeah. You can't see this. Alicia has an itchy nose and she's doing these really adorable nose wiggles to try
0: and scratch okay. I'm trying to do it the polite way, you know. I don't have tissue here.
1: Go get your tissue. It's podcast. I can edit out the empty space. I'll be okay. Okay. Anyway, I was actually
0: so, just reading a little bit while I was doing that.
1: Okay. So, yeah, so they get to the end of the conversation and Leldrin's just like about ready to cry.
0: Yeah. And, and I like the line where, where Garion's like, okay, because they're talking about, like, why why do you think he was paying you for this? And then love Lorenz just basically assumed that, well, he said it was out of friendship, you know, again, being naive. And um, he's like, well, I would give somebody money out of friendship. Yeah. I liked Garion's line where he's like, you're an Asturian. You'd give somebody your life out of friendship. Yeah.
1: That, that yeah that's exactly this is kind of, a everything
0: in perspective
1: yeah just everything is sort of laid out clear and the shape the, the the scales fall from lelderan's eyes and it's like it just like what am i gonna do i just don't know what to do when garion's really just so sensible and tells him there's probably nothing you can do right now let's just let it go let's just have a think and maybe later we'll do something and if we can't think of anything we might just have to tell my grandfather <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Well, we're pledged to silence." He's like, "Well, too bad because you know, yeah. I think we're gonna need to tell somebody to get out of this." Yeah,
1: we don't owe that Mergo anything, right? And then, but Leldoran tries to put the responsibility onto Garion for making the decision to tell someone. Yeah, and Garion just doesn't accept it. He's like, "No, you're going to have to do that. You know, that's not for me and, to do."
0: And oh. I think that's a good point because. You know, it, why would he, why would Gary have to bear that weight? He didn't put, him, he didn't create any of the situation. No,
1: But the way that he says it, it's still carrying through with that really sensible kind of mentor like a voice, you know, right. he, he ends the conversation with, I'm sure that if you think about it, you'll see why in, in response to, you know, you're going to have to do it. I'm sure if you think about it, you'll see why it's like, Part of Leldoran's growth. It's not for Garion. This is Leldoran's yep. thing to um, right. journey through. Yep. Yep. And then they pass. Oh, they pass a muddy village, a serfs' village, and Garion has his indignation inflamed again when he's looking at all the misery there and this crude collection of hovels. Mm, yeah. tries to draw um, Leldoran's attention to it. Again, what did you think about
0: this? Yeah, well, it's just interesting. It's basically like a repeat of the exchange they had. Yeah. When they saw the surf on the side of the road, and again, Laldoran's just, it just doesn't really mean anything to him because he's so used to it and it's just normal for him. And he doesn't really think much deeper into what does it mean for these people who are suffering, you know? But
1: the, so, I think the difference here is that Garian is getting more vocal about his disgust yeah and so he's not holding in for fear of losing the friendship anymore he's voicing his concern and yeah. you know really questioning and asking for answers and and trying to make Lothern you know think like he really wants to know why this has to be the way it is because it's just mm disgusting and inexcusable as far as he's concerned, from the way that he speaks you know in Sindario we wouldn't keep pigs in places like that right and yeah and then so they they keep going so that's sort of the end of that Leldrin just like as you say brushes it off again and then they, they get into the forest Silk says I think we're gonna have to spend the night here Belgarath there's no they don't have any chance of reaching the next Tornudren hostel So they all go back into the woods a bit so that the fire won't attract too much attention. Set up camp and it seems to be all pretty, like they've fallen into a rhythm of setting up a camp at night. Everyone knows what they have to do to get things done and they just kind of, you know, get into gear and do it. They put up the tents, they collect the firewood, start the fire, Pokhara starts cooking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's all pretty straightforward. They, they just kind of have a short discussion like about how far they've come and how far they have left to go and all of that stuff.
1: Yep. And then um, while they're having the discussion, Hetar, um, the, the horses sort of stir and Hetar stands up and tells them all to get back from the fire because the horses say there are men out there, many men with weapons.
0: Yeah. And
1: they, they all sort of jump back and draw their swords or their mm-hmm. weapons. And did you want to talk about this bit? Leldoran? <laughs> what Leldoran does, and how Gary reacts. Oh,
0: yeah, so he like goes, it seems that he runs into the tent to hide, and Garian has, oh, Leldoran goes into the tent to hide, yeah. Yeah. Garian seems disappointed. Yeah. Like, he takes it personally that his friend would run and hide. <laughs> Gutted,
1: like, oh my god, no
0: yeah so that was i found it funny I don't yeah know if it's
1: meant to be funny but and i mean the thing about it is they all start fighting lalderan does come back out with his bow and arrow loosing arrows like just in a blur so quickly and Garion's sort of ashamed of the, you know what he thought about his friend being a coward but the thing that i like Garion tries to pull Aunt paul out of the way yeah and she's like oh stop that and she sort of flicks him off with one hand, and then flicks her, flicks, flicks an arrow off with her other hand. Stops an arrow. Like just makes a gesture, and the arrow stops, like it hits the wall and falls down. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's why you want to fight. You know, it doesn't even touch you. you just like with <laughs> all
1: away. <laughs> yeah, and then a gang of um, a gang of rough men with swords come through, and just there's a there's a. The, the battle ensues a fight just carries on and they all at each other and there's lots of lelder arrows going into lots of the
0: brigands by the look of things reminds me of legolas he even has a similar name oh my goodness it does remind <laughs>
1: me a bit of legolas yeah lelder and legolas <laughs>
0: okay I haven't even thought of it until now but I've also been envisioning and I don't know if it was described this way but I've been envisioning Lael as like a Legolas look yeah I, mean, I don't the even know the sort tights of tights and um long blonde like blondish white has, hair he has yeah ready uh, like
1: strawberry I see him as having strawberry blonde hair like sort of red blonde okay because he's, I think that he was described as having. I think that's the color his hair was described as.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm not good with those physical descriptions. I don't hold on to them. Oh, you do I, don't
1: like I my love. Own. I love the physical descriptions. I like to have, like have the picture in my head, like so I can see who's doing what and what they're wearing and.
0: Yeah, I do, and it, but it's like I just ignore what the author says. Like, no. <laughs> I want them to look this way. <laughs> I love, but see, you can do that with books. Unless it's crucial yeah. to the
1: story that they look a certain way, like the white lock in Polgar's hair. That's an important story point. Right. Not just part of the way that she looks.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's how, that's funny because I just, i made that connection right now as I was saying, as you started saying, arrows flying through the air. I was like, that's Legolas. I can see the two of them like side by side. Yeah. An elf hey.
1: and
0: human. <laughs> oh, excuse me, are you, on, are you okay? Is your head okay? Yeah, my head's okay. I'm just dealing with still like a lot of fatigue or sleepiness. So I feel it setting in. So I'm just trying okay. to...
1: All right. We'll, we'll just we'll whip along with the chapter. So it talks about the different, so the different swords, I'll just touch on the different weapons that the, that our characters use. So Hetar has, where is he? Heta has a saber. He wears a horse hide jacket with steel discs riveted to it. That's his armour. Barak um, has a broadsword, a heavy sword, and uses it like, like, it feels like there are arms and legs flying about everywhere when Barak's f- flinging his sword around. Um, Leldroen has a bow and arrow. And so Barak sort of is heavy and, and, and smashing, like smashes and shatters with his blade. Hetar faints and, like, feels like he's sort of light on his feet, the way that he's written when he uses his sword. And then Dernick uses an axe so it feels like Durnick's quite because he's not a warrior he's a he's a he's a blacksmith and so I guess he, the axe is sort of closer to what he is familiar with handling so yeah, he an the axe. and then Silk has a long dagger and it also talks about him being quite acrobatic so he sort of dives forward rolls and strikes someone in his chest with both of his feet, so you can sort of sort of see him. I can imagine him somersaulting in the air and sort of flying horizontally at someone and smashing them in the chest with his feet and then then just ripping them up the middle
0: with this little dagger. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like a Japanese anime type.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <cat>. totally. <laughs> you can just sort of see his little weasel face in a little anime character, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So they, they do, they have that battle for a good while and Gary just about to like do something when he gets knocked on the back of his head and he's blacked out basically for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then except, he, and he's being carried.
1: Yeah. Well, before he sort of, he sort of, before he goes into unconsciousness, someone says, this is the one we want
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. then he goes unconscious. So that's an interesting little okay. line. This is the right. one we want, and then when he comes to, he's being carried, and he doesn't know who it is. So that's where it
0: hits. little hints of like hair and all that, you know. Yeah. And so then we learn that it is Beric that's holding him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's Gary's still feeling really sick from being hit on the head, and his vision's all blurred and stuff. And so when he opens his eyes, he just cracks his eyes to see who it is. He can see the face of the great shaggy bear that he saw in when he was attacked by the boar outside mm-hmm. Vallelorne, laid over the top of, like this shaggy bear face, laid over the top of Barak's face. And then he closes his eyes again and opens it and the image is gone. And it's just mm-hmm. Barrack there looking, looking quite despairing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so I had I envision it that he like turned into this bear during the battle and probably took out a lot of those guys.
1: Well, it feels like it because he because Gary sort of is like, you know, they hit me on the head and Barracks says, Well, they won't do it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um and then he sort of he's he he just collapses really onto the ground because he's put Gary down and he's just totally in despair, you know, in, in He's just shaking and this, with this suppressed grief and, and sobbing but, like, just convulsing with, with, like, not crying. You know when you're past crying, it's just mm-hmm. everything too much and you can't believe what's going on. And then sort of Barak comes back to himself and Gary can't walk because he's a bit sick. So Barrett just turns practical and grimly practical, it says, And he says, never mind, I'll carry you. And then, and then, an owl screeched from a nearby tree. And Mm. its ghostly white shape drifted off through the trees ahead of them.
0: Yeah. So is this Aunt Paul? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just going to drink my water. What do you think? Oh, I think a lot like Professor McGonagall. Somebody is turning into an owl. (laughs) I mean, not Professor McGonagall. She turns into a cat. But like Harry Potter's pet owl, <laughs> there it is.
1: So That's they get amazing. well. So they get back to the camp, and Pogaler is standing there, bandaging the cut on Dernick's arm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, she flew away ahead of them. <laughs> but she got back first. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I totally glazed over that part when I yeah. read it the first time. It didn't even catch my attention. <laughs> uh-huh. So there you go. So anyway, so they're all
1: back and getting themselves bandaged up and settling down and there's a heap of dead bodies over there sort of near the near the brook beside the camp. And Leldoran comes back into the clearing looking back over his shoulder still with his bow out like... And he was, he's all pale and out of breath. He's like, oh, are you all right, Gary? And there's some sort of monster out
0: there.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> see it, but the sound is really awful. It's <laughs> like, yeah, the beast is gone now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And Silk's sort of like, what's the matter with you? To Barrack, And Barak won't talk about it. He's like, oh, nothing.
0: Yeah. So they decide that those men must have been robbers. Mr. Wolf tries to, like, check one out and see. He's, like, he looks like a normal brigand to me. I don't know. Can't yeah. be sure, though. So they're not, it's kind of like, they don't know if this was just, like, a coincidence that these guys were really just kind of wandering nearby, saw so, I mean, him, just tried to get what they could get from them. Mm. Or then, if it was something more than that.
1: Mm. And the point is made that, you know, it's probably just surfs being bored with having no food and trying to get a little bit of something. Yeah. And, um, and Lelderen sort of pipes up. You sound just like that silk. He says, you know, and one of the benefits of a society that holds men in serfdom. And Lelderen says, you know, you sound just like Garion. Don't you understand? It's just part of the natural order here. And silk pipes up with, yeah, you know, they're not as well-fed as pigs or as, well, kennel as your dogs, but yeah, you do care for them, don't you? <laughs> and Aunt Paul sort of stops, shuts that down. That'll do. Let's not start bickering amongst ourselves. And you know, checks out Gary's bump on the head, and it's. She, she said, "Oh, it's not too too bad." And he's like, "Yeah, well, it hurts." <laughs> of course, it does, dear. I like your impression of him. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, well, you're, you're going to have to protect your head. You're going to soften your brains if you keep bashing it <laughs> on things. Yeah. And then it's all just, you know, over. And they just Dernick's, like, a little bit shaken. He wants to bury the bodies and barracks, you know, and uh, it's just not the way it's done. We'll just leave it here. Leave them here. And they drag the bodies away from the campsite a little bit. And and then Gary notices Dernick um, has, you know, tears in his eyes and goes over to him and sort of says oh just it hurt do like that. in case he's been hurt and what did you think about this last little bit
0: well I guess it kind of just made me think about that you know like when you read these types of stories you don't really stop and think like what all this killing is doing to the person that's doing all the killing and they're just trying to defend themselves so and you have a character that um like stops to have a reaction that's painful it makes you kind of think of like well that's a good point how would I feel if I had just killed my first person, you know, but even if it was in defense, like I had no choice, would I uh react the same way, you know? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah.
1: Like of the others the others have killed lots of times. But Donick yeah. is not a warrior as I said before, and his pain is that he killed one of the men. And he's really, the way that it's, I'm going to read it because I just love this, just this couple of lines. It's so beautiful. I killed one of those men, Gary, and the smith replied in a shaking voice. I hit him in the face with my axe. He screamed and his blood splashed all over me. Then he fell down and kicked on the ground with his heels until he died. And there's just something to me so beautiful in that very simple, matter of fact, this is why I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. I really like that part. Yeah. Okay, um, and yeah, so now, then I, oh, oh, sorry, darling.
0: I was going to say the same thing that's sweet that Aunt Paul goes and sits by him to like comfort him,
1: sends Gary yeah.
0: away and like, you yeah. don't need to be asking him all these questions right now. He needs to process. It. Yeah. So she just sits there with him, with her arm around him,
1: speaking quietly, and that's the end of the chapter. I think mm-hmm. the thing—the thing that I—there's a lot of reaction to death and even living in this chapter. You know, the serfs, the way that they live in poverty, and yeah, uh, just the way each of the different characters react to this situation. Mm-hmm. there's so much about them as people and about their the societies they grew up in and I don't know I think it's very informative like very character building this chapter
0: yeah I agree because I felt I feel like I'm starting to see the characters come more alive um, than I have before Yeah. You know like it's taken a book a little bit more than a whole book for it to happen mm-hmm. for me but yeah, I did feel it. Cool. Okay.
1: That's the end know. of Wisdom. Yay. Yay.
0: So, let's get into the real life bleeding What No magic first. Magic, magic, magic. Oh, magic first. Sorry. Magic. You can go first cuz yours is straightforward.
1: Okay, yeah. My magic, the bit I like was when Pogara swats away the arrow which is obviously with magic because it just stops dead like it's hit a brick wall and falls and I just love her like just like oh fucking get out of my way it's just annoying it's just like an annoyance like flick it away <laughs> yeah. I like that
0: <laughs> yeah that is good uh that was a good part I chose the way Garen uses his words with Leldoran in mm-hmm. their first conversation conversation of this chapter so like when, when, when Aldrin is like, am I really that obvious? And Garion says, honest is a better word for it. And then, uh, Aldrin is like explaining the, the Mergo situation. He's like, the more we talk to him, the more sympathetic he was to how we felt. And Garion's just like, naturally. <laughs> and then the last one was, Uh, Leldron says he told us what the king is planning. You wouldn't believe it. And then, of course, we talked about this earlier because Garion was like, "Probably not." (laughs) The way he could just shoot every single thing down so easily to Mm -hmm. me was kind of magical. So that's what I chose.
1: Cool. So I think it's interesting that you find someone's use of words and. Their voice and saying things out loud, magical. I love that,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I think so. <laughs> cool, and now, right, we're now... now we're on to real, real life, leading. <laughs> yes,
1: so now you can do some personal insights. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay, so my personal insight is right at the end of the chapter. When Polgaris sits with Dernick while he grieves his actions of killing the person. This is that's what I do with people in therapy. You know, when they're ready to uh, go into those dark places, those shadowy places, the scary places that, pe- that people, you know, tend to turn away from. You know, that's what I do. I'm Polgaris with my arm around the person, just waiting patiently and supporting them and while they process the stuff and as they are ready to go further into the thing you know I help them talk about it and bring it out so that's that's quite a that's my real life relating
0: yeah that's a good one I think that's a gift that not everybody has not everybody's able to do that so the fact that you can also make it as part of your work, mm-hmm. you know, and help other people, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I chose the same. I, th- I think I chose last week, but there wasn't really much else. And this again just really called to me. So like Garion's feelings about the serfs and the world, the way it is, and all of that, just it seemed more pronounced this time.
1: It was uh, definitely.
0: It was, more of it you know so we understand a little bit part of the bigger world of what it really looks like so yeah that that just reminded me again of like how I feel like I often feel like I'm seeing the world through different lenses than everyone around me (laughs) yeah why don't you see like why are you just accepting it so yeah that's my thing okay Ooh.
1: now we're into prophecy speak yeah So I, I've written down my check-in. Last week I right. was um, asking questions about whether I should give up butter and cheese, and I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> my prophecy said, fucking yeah, yep. duh, stop eating it. So here's my check-in. I'm going to read it. I have not stopped eating cheese or butter. My farts are reaching evacuate the room level. Today I did not eat cheese on purpose. I'll report back in
0: next week. Yeah. This is true. Dairy it can give you some of the worst gas, like the worst. As soon as I quit, I used to always have gas issues. <laughs> when I quit dairy, it all went away. Oh, really? Well, it's almost like your body is telling you you are not meant to have this in your body.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I have. <laughs> I have purchased all the ingredients to make cashew cheese, some different oh, wow. types of cashew cheese. So that's what I'm going to be putting into our diet. But I am still eating butter and I am still eating yogurt. So if my gas settles down, that would be great. <laughs> I can still eat butter because I really don't want to stop eating butter.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's good recipes for vegan butter too, though. Like I just buy one here at the store we have called Sprouts. Mm-hmm. it's it's already pre-made vegan butter and it tastes exactly. And I know this because my husband eats it and he's not dairy free. And he Mm -hmm. tasted it and said it tastes like normal butter.
1: My only issue is um, for baking. Like I'm happy to substitute the butter for taste. That's fine. I'm sure I can find a vegan butter that tastes fine. But when I'm baking, butter behaves in a particular way. And because I use gluten-free flour... If I have a product that is too much oil and try to mix it with the gluten-free flour to do baking, it just doesn't work at all. Yeah. So that's my main dilemma. I haven't yeah, done any experiments
0: yet. Yeah. See, I don't think of that dilemma since I don't really cook. No, which we <laughs> discussed a good in, point. The, in the chapter.
1: Yeah. Well, chapter. I say chapter. In the episode. We discussed earlier in the episode
0: yeah right
1: yeah so anyway so that's my only thing hey
0: flower how you doing must be that time yeah she's paranoid over here i'll mute it so you can do your prophecy okay so
1: my question this week is i'm starting a new romance series a series of romance novellas and i would like some general guidance um, and perhaps something more p- specific about the overall premise that I have for the series. Um, I'm using Women Who Run With The Wolves because I love it. Okay. In the tale, the initiatory process begins when the dear and good mother dies. She is not there to teach Vasilisa's... She's... Oh, I beg your pardon. She's not there to touch Vasilisa's hair anymore. In all our lives as daughters, there is a time when the good mother of the psyche, the one which has served us appropriately and well in earlier times, turns into the too good mother, one which by virtue of her overly safeguarding values begins to prevent us from responding to new challenges and thereby to deeper development. In the natural process of our maturing, the too-good mother must become thinner and thinner, must dwindle away until we are left to care for ourselves in a new way. While we always retain a core of her warmth, this natural psychic transition leaves us on our own in a world that is not motherly to us. But wait, this too-good mother is not all she at first seems. Under the blanket, she has a tiny doll to give to her daughter. That's really good. The yeah.
0: the <laughs> I was gonna say you wanted a premise, there you go.
1: <laughs> well, I have a premise, but I wanted to um so the the <laughs> The premise is it's, a, it's going to be a series of, like, sexy novellas, very female-centric, quite lesbian, feminist, you know, goddess mythology. And it, each, each one, it, they're a little bit different to any romance book I've ever read because each one has the main character learning to seduce and fall in love with herself. So she is the love interest of her, like, she is her own love interest for the story. So they're going to be quite explicit, which is no problem. I quite like writing that sort of stuff. This just gives me, I've been sort of, I've, I've, I figured that it would be kind of a, a letting go of the two, the two good learnings of of youth and the things that stop us from really stepping into our power and sort of embracing the thing that comes after that, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. So that is a that's a nice little confirmation of where I was heading.
0: Yeah. So that cool. could even help have like the main character have something like that with the death of her mother, and how that is also going to affect her version of loving herself.
1: You know. Absolutely. And in fact, um, so I've, I I like to start with titles. So I have a list, I have a list of like six or seven titles and I can already see the, like they're the seeds that I've planted and I can already see it kind of bleeding out across my imagination, building characters and scenes and backstory and, you know, how they got to where they are and why.
0: It's interesting how different minds work because. I can never come up with the title until I'm at least halfway through writing the book. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. This last, my, my next book that's coming out, The Raven Wars, I struggled. I don't know. I started writing this book years ago and I just came up with the title like a month ago.
1: <laughs> Different processes, hey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's
0: good. I think that's a um, really good, clarity right
1: there I think so I love that and and that's actually quite an intimate reading for me because I have been the too good mother and that's been part of my own journey to coming into myself and so yeah I also read from that to not be scared of my own
0: story right (laughs) That's the hardest one to face. <laughs> Isn't it always? <laughs> yeah, that's good though. Yep. My check-in was <clears throat> that I, I had asked about doing that children's story workshop thing. And then I messaged you after the show and like I had decided, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Yep. It's, it's distracting me. And then it just kept, is still there. It won't go away. It won't go away. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. Go do it, see what it feels like. But I decided to do it through Meetup. Meetup declined my first attempt because I was targeting children, even though it was clear that their their parents would bring them and stay. I oh wasn't my like God. I was at a park outside. Parents and families come, but they canceled my account. So I was like, fine. Oh,
1: Alicia. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. fine. I kind of just was like, I kind of scoffed at them like, what? So then I waited, I think like a week and then it still was nagging. So I'm like, you know, what? I'll just do it with adults. Let's do this. I've already worked with adults and this stuff. So yep. and I scheduled it. It's on meetup. Uh, but now I'm already kind of feeling like, I don't know if I want to go, <laughs> but <laughs> eight people have signed up. Uh, for- <laughs> It's a paid event, though, and none of them have paid. Ah. It's kind of like if they don't pay, it's not going to happen.
1: No, that's absolutely correct.
0: So that's where I'm at with that. I'm still really not sure that that's my thing, but I thought if I try it, I'll know if I love it or hate it, and then I can move on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, But my question for this week is, it, there are some interesting synchronicities early in this week in alignment with me like recovering from all this physical stuff because like we always say we believe the physical is tied to our emotional spiritual journey and so monday after i went into the doctor again i actually had a call scheduled with somebody who really opened my eyes in a lot of ways about my own power and my question is like what is my my path to being seen as an author and by being seen, I mean to be able to share in more ways and to reach more people in my sharing because what came up on that call was to like start looking into speaking on stage as an author. Like Mm -hmm. I told you before, not as teaching people how to write, but as sharing my story and the characters in my books and how people can use them to Uh, Or learn from them in their own lives and why I believe fiction is so inspirational, like that Mm -hmm. stuff. So I'm just wondering if that's, you know, that's my direction or if there's a
1: Let's find out.
0: I'm using, because on that call, J.K. Rowling came up a few times as I was talking to this lady. I'm going to use the Goblet of Fire because it's my favorite of all the Harry Potters. Is it? Yeah, it's my favorite book. Not my favorite movie, though. No, no. I think they did a good job. It's
1: so different to the movies. Yeah, they
0: are. Okay. Uh, Go, he hissed at Sirius. Go, there's something coming. Harry scrambled to his feet, hiding the fire. If someone saw Sirius' face within the walls of Hogwarts, they would raise an almighty uproar. The ministry would get dragged in. He, Harry, would be questioned about Sirius's whereabouts. Harry heard a tiny pop in the fire behind him and knew Sirius had gone. He watched the bottom of the spiral staircase. Who had decided to go for a stroll at one o'clock in the morning and stopped Sirius from telling him how to get past the dragon? It was Ron. Dressed in his maroon paisley pajamas, Ron stopped dead, facing Harry across the room, and looked around. Who are you talking to? he said. What's that got to do with you, Harry snarled. What are you doing down here at this time of night? I just wondered where you... Ron broke off shrugging. Nothing. I'm going back to bed. Just thought you'd come nosing around, did you? Harry shouted. He knew that Ron had no idea what he'd walked in on. Knew he hadn't done it on purpose, but he didn't care. At this moment, he hated everything about Ron right down to his several inches of bare ankle showing beneath his pajama trousers okay i think that's about it i read almost the whole page
1: <laughs> okay so what's popping out
0: um not too sure right off the bat it's just some of it was making me laugh because i forgot how much i love these stories <laughs> <laughs> oh. but i don't know i mean he's talking to sirius in the fire i know exactly this scene and um so Sirius Black's face is in the fire, then he has to disappear really quick and because they hear someone coming, but it ends up just being Ron, though he doesn't even want Ron to know at this point that he's talking to Sirius Black. I think, uh, I don't know if they know he's good at this point. I think they do. But um, just the way that Harry gets so angry at Ron, mm-hmm. um, even though they're best friends. Mm-hmm. And how this ties into my path as an author being seen—I <laughs> don't know. I might okay. have to. Shall I tell you what I see? Yeah, sure.
1: So the thing that stands out the most to me is that Harry is using his voice in a in a way different to the way that he would usually use it mm-hmm. with Ron. Right. It's out of character for him. Yeah. yeah. But it's totally in character with what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so, different. So, like it's out of character for me. I usually use my voice with written word, but to use my voice in another format is speaking out, right? Which is what we've been talking about is speaking out for myself. Mm-hmm which was really interesting when this call came to me uh, for the, like a TEDx talk of all things, where I'm like at that, that level terrifies me. <laughs> but I spoke to this woman who's done a TEDx talk and who, who helps people write their talk and coaches them through it. And while I can't work with her right now, like just speaking with her for that hour, she said so much to me that was a lot of the things we've recently talked about, mm-hmm. about my journey. And it's that it's time, f- she's she told me this. It's time for you to shine. You need to step out. She's like, you need to be seen. You've been hiding. She's like, I say this with love, like you've you've been hiding behind your words and the books. And these these books are are meant to inspire people and people won't be inspired if they don't know who you are. She's like, getting up on a stage transforms everything for you. Mm -hmm. Like, and you, you have the power. She's like, I see it in you just like most people have, but she's like, you're at the place where you're ready to show it. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, dang it. And so then I'm like, I want to hire you so bad, but I just can't right now. Um, because I see it Something, yeah. I would probably want someone who knows what they're doing to help me through the steps, Mm -hmm. but now I know that that's on my radar, and Mm -hmm. I can find also maybe other speaking opportunities in the meantime. Here, look at you speaking (laughs) opportunity, you're looking for places to use your voice, right? It's all coming together like this Saturday in a couple days. I actually, in it. I found that this woman author speaking at the library and I did this a few weeks ago. And I was like, Hey, maybe it's a good idea for me to start seeing how authors do it. I'm going to go listen. And so now I have that coming up the same week that all this other stuff came up and it's just like how it all aligns, you know? Yep, it, No coincidences, darling. I know it's so fascinating. Well done. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, cool. I love Harry Potter we'll <laughs> see so it's so good i want to read
1: harry potter again yeah
0: okay, okay. my predictions mm-hmm. so last week i was off because i said the Garian. well, he did explore this new side of him, he this did. dry boy. Very voice. off. So I was right there. But they actually left the uncle's house right at the beginning of the chapter. So there wasn't any time for any tensions to arise before they left. Uh, so like half, I got that half right. Mm-hmm. I think in the next chapter that, I don't know, I got the feeling that they're going to be spending a lot of time in the forest to mm-hmm. stay out of view or that's the way they're supposed to go. Um, and that I envisioned like the scenes of Mirkwood and
1: mm-hmm. the Lord of the
0: Rings books and how all this craziness happens to them under the trees. Mm-hmm. Like they start getting delusional. There's huge spiders trying to eat them. And, uh, actually that's the Hobbit, but, um, so, I, I just envision something like, like that that they're going to encounter some strange things in the darkness of this forest that, okay. that they haven't, okay. that some cool. of them haven't yet experienced. Cool. Okay. Oh,
1: thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we are at the end of the chapter, at the end of the episode, into the chapter. I keep saying that this week. We're at the end of the episode, my darlings. So if you are here with us right at the end of the episode, it would be great if you would hit us up on social media with a hashtag. And we're going to choose a hashtag right now. The ones that we have listed are hashtag mead mess, hashtag party sapphire, which I didn't explain. So we won't worry about that. Hashtag. Honest is a better word, which is my current favorite. (laughs) And hashtag healing shadows. What do you think, Alicia?
0: Mm. That's a tough one. I like healing shadows too. Because that resonates with me right now.
1: Okay, well, let's use that one. Healing shadows. So, darling, darling listeners, hit us up on social media with the hashtag Healing Shadows. And you can contact us through our website, belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. And you'll also find us on Facebook and Instagram at belgariadandbeyond. And And if you go to our website, all of the links to everything um, will be in the show notes and just generally around the website, you can find out all the things about us. And that's where I'll put... Uh, the videos that I talk about and all of the little quirky um, things that we discuss in the show, like the diagrams of the different tribes and that sort of stuff, that's where you'll find it. And eventually you'll find all of those things in our Patreon community, which is just a thought in our minds and we still have to brainstorm how that will work. But it's coming, it's coming, it's coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or you might even see videos like mead spilling all over the floor. You never know.
1: <laughs> so, yes, that's where you can find us. And if you could please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be great because we – if you love the show, other people will love the show. And if you tell them why you love the show,
0: they'll be able to decide whether they actually want to listen. Yeah, there's nothing more valuable than a review, you know, because that's how people – So many people now, because there's so much out there, they look to the reviews to determine like, is this really worth my time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do it all the time. So, and you can actually like, if you have a an episode that you particularly like that you listen to here at the show, you can go in and just review that episode and talk about why you liked
0: it. Um, Yeah, that'd be awesome. So that's it.
1: That's us. That's me. Yeah, I'm going to. Hey, where are you going? To bed. Oh. <laughs> I'm yawning my head up. I'm going to bed. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's late over there. Well, late it would be late for me if I make it till ten o'clock. I'm doing good.
1: Well, it's quarter to ten now, so bedtime. Yeah. So see you next week, loves. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Bye, guys.
0: oh Oh, my eyes are getting all gummy i bet i hate that feeling it's like a it's the drowsiness kicking Mm. in i can't stop you i have to oh i
1: just had just got in my jaw that time
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right that looks like the cowardly lion when he does his like I don't know what those weird faces.